Okay. All right. Welcome to Conversations with Ricky, everyone. Um, as you know, this is our third episode of Chosen, Called and Chosen, the series where we're really just celebrating um, celebrating testimonies of salvation. You know, sometimes you see so many people and, you know, they're doing a lot for the Lord. And then you just, you, you just have to thank God because, you know, even though, you know, we no longer look at the, you know, cross, so to speak, and we're on the finished works of Christ. But every now and then we turn back and we say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you saved us from, what you saved us from. And, you know, even the things that we didn't even realize, but you, you knew us, you loved us. You know, the Bible says that before the world was made, before the foundations of the world, he chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. And so as we celebrate these salvation stories, I hope that you're stirred up to take the next step in your faith, in your walk with God. And I hope that you're stirred up and you're just giving, even if all you take from this is just saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I mean, every salvation is a miracle. And the Bible says that when one sinner repents, there's rejoicing in heaven more than if a hundred righteous people were to repent. That's amazing. Today, I have a very special guest with me. You know, she's my, she's my friend. She's my sister. I mean, again, this is someone I've known, you know, since we were kids. Um, that's, what, that's, that's what I have to say, like, you know, 10 years, 11 years. That's when we met. And, you know, uh, God has still, you know, just kept us together. And she's such a blessing and an amazing person. And I, and I, and I you know, in, in the process of doing this series, and someone may be listening, you know, like, oh, why do these people carry Jesus on their head so much? What is it about, you know, Jesus? You're going to hear it. But, you know, as I was, you know, getting ready, and the Holy Spirit told me to share that both of us actually have two degrees in biomedical sciences. I have my bachelor's in biomedical sciences and my master's, and same thing with Dubo as well. And if you knew Dubo before, <laughs> the fact that she has her bachelor's and her master's and you know i'm doing my phd now and, and you know i don't know if it's too soon to announce you know dubo is considering it i'm i'm telling her not to do it but you know <laughs> to me by the time you listen to this i'll be done and she'll be done but you know welcome dubo finally welcome to the dubo london hey thank you so much Ricky. like it's such an honor to be here and to even have this discussion with you about my salvation story, it's so beautiful because you also had a part to play in my salvation. Um, yeah, definitely. You had a part to play in my salvation story, especially like the, um, what happened like the following years after I received salvation. So mm. to have you have this like platform and invite me and even have this discussion is like it's really beautiful yeah so thank you <laughs> thank you thank you Dubo. you've already given some away but let's get into it you know every time i always ask people um but i want to ask you a straight question what what how was your childhood like growing up you know because a lot of us grew up with christian influences you know, maybe be it school, be it family, what was it like? And why, why was it that, you know, when you started growing up, it seemed for a moment that you kind of just, I won't say forgot about God, but weren't really living the, the life. 
Mm, that's a really good question. I mean, for me personally, I grew up in a really um, strong, like how people would describe to be like a strong Christian environment. Like, um, you know, both my parents are born again and they are really committed to serving in the house of God, especially my dad. And he actually like ministers, um, even though he ran away from <laughs> being a pastor, but like he, yeah, I've, I've seen him minister, you know, the word in like different churches. I've seen him, you know, just do a lot for God um, in my childhood. So the understanding of, you know, who God is was kind of always there, but not like a full understanding, just knowing that an exposure exactly it will be an exposure rather than an understanding or an awareness um an exposure of you know god and even with my mom as well like just that environment they always kept that environment like going in our home and obviously like church was not an option i had to go to church yeah and um my parents will have like devotions at home in some seasons they were consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, especially like before we went to um, secondary school. So I'd come together, we would always pray together. Um, I, funny enough, I learned a lot of the Bible, like scriptures from my parents, just in the way that they would pray. So Mm -hmm. like my parents would always like incorporate the word of God in their prayers. So, So there are scriptures you didn't even have to learn. You just needed to find a reference. Yeah, exactly, which I thought was quite um quite cool. Um later on when I started taking the word of God seriously, I was like, Oh, daddy used to say this and like, you know, mom used to say this when they would pray, um, which was really beautiful. So yeah, there was that exposure, but um like I shared I think um earlier, like you know the performance of God, like our little um snippets yeah. that we did for the salvation stories. I shared that um to me, like there was that exposure, there was that understanding, well, not really understanding, but awareness. Awareness, yeah. Of who God was, or like there was a God rather, but it still seemed like a story to me. It still, I don't know, it was just interesting how, even though, you know, a part of me believed that, you know, God was real and obviously he was at the center of my family because my parents always tried to make us see that all the blessings and favor that we have as a family and even the provisions like every time i would say thank you dad for something he always say thank god he's the one that provides for us Mm. as a family so he always tried to instill that but there was still like an element of um like a fairy tale to who god was and who jesus Mm. was and when I would go to Sunday school and I'll hear stories about Jesus Christ, about the disciples, about like just different things. That it felt like tales by moonlight. Exactly. It just felt like stories to me. There was no aspect of Jesus Christ that had become alive or had become real to me um, at that time. So I guess like that's why maybe later on in life I didn't take um, my relationship with God seriously because the word hadn't yet come alive in my spirit. Mm. Um, I hadn't really encountered God like in such a strong way that would like really shake my whole reality 
and like caused me to be super convicted in my heart. So did I was you, just like, baby you, girl. Like, did you have that encounter where you, and what led up to, what were the events that sort of built up to that point? I mean, I would say I had that encounter, um, but not like in the way where it's like, oh, the Lord appeared to me by night. <laughs> but really and truly, like for me, it was the word of God that caused like a change in my in my heart and in my life that kind of made all the difference. So I think the transformation really happened inside of me more than anything else. And that yeah. for me was what changed everything. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so 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 before you kind of experienced, you know, the love of God, you know, grew and started growing cuz obviously you were born again probably when you were a kid, right? Because you were, you know, exposed to that atmosphere. So, I guess w- when did you start taking it seriously? Um to be fair, I think whenever I think of um the time I became born again, I always say I was 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I don't know how many times I said the salvation prayer. I remember, like, remember in Brookstone, I think there was one time that Pastor Ennett, um had like an old. Can I ask old... you a question? Was it called Buddy Life? Am I the only person? Because I had the same conversation with Marilyn and she said it, was not, it wasn't Buddy Life. Was it called Buddy Life at any point? I don't remember it being called. Oh my goodness. I'll be so angry (laughs) if my memory is wrong. Uh, Okay, go on. (laughs) Yeah, I remember there's a time that she had like an altar call, and there's even a time that she said that if you wanted to receive the gift of tongues. Really? I didn't know anything about speaking in tongues then. No, she, I remember she said it and she was like, if you wanted to receive the gift of tongues, like, I come to the school block. And I was like, I'm just going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, for me, like, I just, there wasn't a desire for me to, mm. like, I knew it was right to read my Bible. That was what I grew up, you know, um, but, learning. For me, it was all just like religious obligation because, mm. Um, a little bit of background I went to or oh, the church that my family grew up in was like an interdenominational church so they were like um I think Pentecostal Methodist um, Anglican like different I think we had like resident ministers and the whole point was to like kind of focus on the word mm-hmm. um but my parents were born again and everything they speak in tongues and all of that you know but for me, it was just like, it just felt like religious, like obligations, because I had to be confirmed. I remember I had to do the classes. Um, I had to do like all of those things. And I was just doing it to please my parents, just so that, you know, they don't like harass me too much. So when it came to like um, responding to altar calls um, and everything like that. I just had such a sinner's mindset and mentality. Mm-hmm. So if I said the prayer of salvation, I wasn't really seeing it from, like, I didn't really believe in my heart and wasn't really seeing it because I wanted a relationship with God. Rather, maybe like they said something like, oh, it was more like a fear of going to hell because mm-hmm. I believed that hell was real. You know, so like, I was like, I'm not trying to go to hell. 
So I like <laughs> they'll be like saying, Oh, if you lie, we do this. And then I come out and I'm like, Oh God, forgive me, you know. Mm. And then I do the same thing the next day. So I wasn't really like there was no desire in me to have a relationship with God because even the, the way I saw God was like it was a very tainted um perspective of who the father was. There was no real understanding of the father's love. Mm. Um would you would you so say- I didn't actively try would you say it was because you were comfortable because i remember there was a time where you you know really did go through a lot of things and what did that kind of help bring you closer to god and you know what were those experiences like absolutely i was was very comfortable (laughs) like i was very comfortable and i think that's what i um, i believe a lot of people that's why a lot of people um feel like they don't need god or salvation because mm-hmm. it just like i've i've evangelized to quite a few people and so i'm like you know like i'm just really content right now like I'm just really good like you know i don't need you know i don't need any of that it sounds wonderful you know i'm really happy for you that you're in this place <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, but this is just this is just a lot right now and I'm just not yeah, ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> for me I was really comfortable and at the time I thought I had um I thought I had everything that I kind of needed. Mm. But that's the the dangerous thing about, you know, kind of being blind and you know the Bible talks about how the God of this world has um blinded the minds of people. Like because you're really a dead man walking, you know, any, anything and anyone outside of God is dead because life, God, you know, God is the one that has life. There is no life outside of Christ. So I was, I was basically oblivious to the numbness and the pain that I was feeling, Mm. which was, something that I had to confront head on when I like officially moved out of the protection and the covering of my parents. Mm. Because that's so instructive. Like the, your parents having praying parents and having parents that exposed you to the gospel, make sure you went to church on Wednesday on Sunday, make sure you participated in, you know, choir and like, you don't realize that growing up, those things are covering until you have to leave home and face reality. And now what, and, and, you know, it's sometimes just a rat race because you leave the church thinking, Oh, you know, they don't have what I want. They don't, you know, they're not only to come back again and realize everything you wanted was always there in the first place. Yeah, that's so true. That's really, that's really true. That covering, like I remember, one of the things I used to deal with a lot growing up um, was fear. Like fear, you said, like... <laughs> you couldn't go anywhere by yourself. No, I could go places by myself, but it was more just like, it was mainly at night. like Dark I'd, places, if it was dark. Yeah, dark places. Like, I remember I couldn't fall asleep in a room on my own. Like, me and my younger sister shared a room for, like, most of my life. Like, I refused to have my own room and yeah like that was just one thing that was something I couldn't get over was that crippling fear and it was rather the uncertainty of like 
the future or fear of the unknown like and my imagination would just concoct the most ridiculous like likely like it will never happen in a million years (laughs) do you know what do you know what kind of cured me of fear like i used to be scared like if i go to the bathroom or if i go to the you know toilet when everyone else was away or if i was sleeping and everyone was sleeping like or if I'm showering and it's dark, there's no light or something, or the light isn't on, I'll be, I'll think like someone would get me in the shower. But then I remember like, wait, the, I've never heard anyone like get abducted by a monster in the shower. So I'm not going to be the first person. <laughs> so immediately like that would take away the fear. But yeah, I know what you mean. Mm, that's a good one. I didn't ever think of that. I was just... I couldn't just get past that wall of fear. Mm. And I remember, like, especially in secondary school, when I started hearing all these, like, interesting, powerful stories. <laughs> like, that just kicked my imagination up to, like, another gear. Like, mm. and there was one thing, though, that was <laughs> and, then, always- and then we had the running with the one girl that... <laughs> that was uh, her name. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, things happen <laughs> yes a very powerful thing i know she was actually an enabler because of the things that she would also say were highly questionable i don't know how like i think someone should have reported like the first time she started saying those things because we just all live in fear like <laughs> she would tell us you know it was and and i think that's what i <laughs> you know having dreams and it's just like lights will be going on and off. Yeah, someone should have said something, but I think we're all just kids and we're all just kind of in on the whole thing too. But yeah, go on. Yeah, it was all those things just kind of contributed to to it. Like, And I remember there was one thing though that I will always do or remember was especially when I was home and I would have those like, because to me, they were kind of like a taps. Like there, some nights, like I would just like close my eyes real tight and just hope I fall asleep. But there are some nights where like my imagination would be so like active that I wouldn't be able to sleep until like 4 a.m. Like, wow. I remember just, just one time. Just because you were scared. Night. Yeah, at one time I stayed up all night until the sun came up because I was so frightened. And I remember like, there was one time like I don't know it was like shadows or something outside my window because in my house like in Nigeria there were like so many trees and like they would just like be moving <laughs> like moving and like the shadows would just be like forming like the maddest like <laughs> like shapes and and stuff like that and I remember like I would scream like one night like it just got so bad like I screamed and I ran to my mom and dad's room and I was like mommy pray for me so there was always that consciousness of like yeah knowing that you were so grumpy like you just didn't get enough sleep you know yeah probably I was was (laughs) grumpy in secondary school I had like I was going through like a lot like in terms of like mood swings Mm. remember I used to have like the worst mood swings and just like um dealing with fear but we really thank God because like I said so there was that I was dealing with Fast forward to when I was about um, 15 when I moved back to the UK and there was that um, time. So there was a time where I started going through like um, mental health, like issues, 
with like depression and things like that and it really like kicked off when um I almost lost my dad at some point mm-hmm. and at the time like my family were going through like a lot of like re- like between my mom and dad they were going through like a really rocky patch and for me it was just like a lot to handle because I felt like I was carrying a lot of the like the tension and a lot of the um pain and I felt like no one else was going through it in my family besides me you know that kind of mentality where you're like oh it's only me like why me um type of thing and I remember I had to um leave school for a bit to look after my dad and go through like my parents like arguing and stuff like that and I just thought like my world was coming to like a very abrupt end like kind of like I was just like at a like a stop and I wasn't moving forward or making any progress and it was like a really hard time for me it was a lot for me to it was a lot for me to deal with at the time because yeah 15 is quite a young age um especially since I just moved so that was kind of when things started to get a bit more difficult so that was me like really thrown out of my comfort zone out of what I knew to be like comfortable and really just being almost independent because I was technically living on my own um especially at the time because I'd moved from Reading to London so yeah for me it was like really hard um and even though that would have been a wonderful opportunity for me to have found God like and the story would have sounded beautiful like oh yeah but then I prayed and you know the Holy Spirit ministered to me like actually that time made me like move further away from God than I could have yeah. ever it hardened your heart yeah it really did harden my heart and there was a lot of why me dialogues you know mm-hmm. and then it went from like why me dialogues to actually no dialogues and then I started you know trying to take matters into my own hands mm-hmm. and go on this journey of like self-discovery oh boy not bad like that not bad <laughs> so Every time I hear someone say, yeah, I'm just really trying to discover myself and me, like, know what, what is, I just know that's, that's an attack. And that's when you got to start praying for, for the person. Because you, you can't know yourself outside of God. Anything you know outside of God is a lie. Anything about yourself that you know outside of God is a lie. And so you find exactly. people that go through, it's just a downward spiral, you know, that either yeah. leads you further away or brings you right back. Yeah. And like, I love what you said. Anything outside of God is a lie because our identities, our lives are, are literally hidden in Christ. Yeah. Like, he made you. He made us. Every single man, every single person, one of the women was designed to carry the spirit of God, was made in the image of God. Mm. And like, that's why the Bible says that God will have all men be saved and come unto the knowledge of truth because yeah. really, truly, like, salvation is for anyone who yeah. is willing to grab it yeah everyone has a everyone is called everyone Ev- is called everyone mm-hmm. is called you just got to answer the call and, and you know Dubo, it's it's so it's so touching because i think that thing about self-discovery and i think it takes real humility to realize that god is your maker like god never made man and intended man to be separate and independent without him even Mm -hmm. after man left the garden of eden god still communicated with him 
you still see god follow the children of israel up until jesus up until everybody now so it's like it's it's yeah so your self-discovery when that self-discovery process starts make sure the bible is right by you but yeah so when when you started that self-discovery what then happened after that that bible was far from me (laughs) (laughs) i remember my one of my aunties she'd always like invite me to her church she goes to hillsong and i'd be like decline 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 i'm like no auntie's fine you know i'm reading my bible which i was in you know yeah. like i'm good i'll just or i'll just air her message and obviously my parents were in nigeria so there was no one to really police me and at the time like i was just like getting too much allowance i was in a school where like the people that i was surrounding myself with were not necessarily the right people and that's why it's important to be at the right place at the right time doing the right things with the right people because your environment will really influence the person that you are and how you act and I remember that's when I started picking up really bad habits like smoking because um the school that I went to uh it was like an international um school because I'd moved um after the whole thing with my dad thank god like he got better and um he went back to Nigeria after he got like medical um attention and he healed and everything so i started college in bellabies and it was just full of a lot of like international students who were getting too much money and they didn't know what to do with it so like i would go like clubbing like almost every night like and we like be like getting tables like like imagine like i'll be getting fake ids i look at this 16 year old girl like you know hacking into my mom's email to send like emails that I'm taking an exit for the weekend. We're like, oh. like Hilton or like penthouse oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. and like we'll just like go clubbing with we'll throw parties. Like we used to do the absolute most. Like I used to spend money like so foolishly, yeah. and I was like, I cared about material things. I only cared about like, I only cared about material things. Like and really. And truly, like, I, I put myself first before anything else. Mm. And I feel like for me, that was kind of like a way of coping. Like, I was like, oh, self-love. And like, you know. <laughs> not, not, the self-love. not the self-love. Not the self-love. Let's not. Yeah, that's, that's let's, a different conversation. Not, you know, we'll just keep it pushing. But yeah, it was, it was very much like a downward spiral. Because like the people that I was around, I, I was around, like, those were people that at the time I thought were showing me love and mm. it was my heart crying out to god like that god-shaped void i was filling it with i was trying to fill it with like can, can i ask you a question so mm. when you would go to these you know parties and you know obviously so many things were going on did you enjoy it or did you just kind of did you have a feeling like huh, maybe i need to stop this or maybe i shouldn't do this like was there any or was, was it like i was living like no honestly because there are people that are that could be listening that are thinking oh i do all those things and there's nothing wrong i see did you see nothing wrong and in that moment like when you think back to your mind space then To be honest, Rookie, I was numb. Mm. <laughs> I was completely numb. And I am confident that a lot of people that are listening to me right now, or a lot of people that are in that place, they're numb as well. 
Yeah, you're just not feeling. You're not. You're just taking every day as it comes. You just like. I remember like how I would put it was like I was going through the motions. Mm. I was literally just going through the motions, like, and obviously, like the body is like kind of like this meat sack that releases like hormones and endorphins and things like that. So like in those moments, like those like moments where you're doing like kind of like risque like things like for the thrill of the moment, like obviously you're going to release, you know, these hormones, you're going to release a lot of adrenaline. So in that moment you may feel like, Oh my goodness, this is exciting. This is like a thrill. Um, But then you're going to come down and you're going to feel even more empty Mm -hmm. so I remember go clubbing and I used to feel how dark that place was but I I found comfort in that darkness because I to myself was darkness at the time yeah and for me like I was just really numb and I would do anything to kind of numb the pain because I was still hurting there were like and there were a lot of things that were piling from like my past like with like resentment from my family and just like different things that happened to me and abusive relationships in the past um i'm not gonna go too much into that but it was just like a lot that was being you know piled up and like obviously like dealing with all these like mental health issues like with like self-hate because i didn't really love myself i didn't like it's not like i thought i was ugly or anything like that but i just didn't see anything good inside of me wow so for me it was just like but the people around me made me feel good about myself and the people around me they they just wanted to have fun. They just wanted yeah. to have a good time. And we were kind of all just in the same, we were in agreement. Like we just all wanted to have a good time. We had the money. But everybody was going through stuff. But everyone was in that same cycle of going through the motion. So it was really like a cycle. And you find that that is, when you find yourself in a cycle where you're, you're repeatedly doing the same things, you're not moving forward. You're just yeah. doing the same things. Every day is kind of like the same, right? You're, going clubbing you're doing this you're drinking you're smoking like you're there's no value being added to your life you find are you that, adding value to anyone's life except the pockets of you know exactly. club, club owners and you know <laughs> and people like that and maybe yeah. like a few superficial conversations you have like oh you're so pretty oh no you're so pretty i yeah. love your back oh i love your hair like th- there's no value added to life like you find that you're chasing after something and that is your soul is crying out to god like that God-shaped void, nothing will feel it. Not money, not... Not know, acceptance from people or anything. No compliments from strangers. Did, like did, nothing. None of that will fill that void. Did you have moments where you had maybe certain close calls with like maybe getting in trouble or like, you know, maybe it was like friends that were drunk and driving or maybe even... Um, you know, because you said you would, you know, smoke and things like that. Like, did you have any close calls where you were like, you know what, I'm not doing this again? <laughs> I really didn't. Yeah, Dude was an extremist. So <laughs> like, yeah, this is my life. I really, <laughs> I really did. I was, I was more like, oh my god, this is lifestyle. Like, mm, we like moved. Just- but were there, were, there any, were there any close call moments that now that you think about you're like yeah that would have been a good time to stop but you just like you know we moved i mean absolutely there was a time where like there was this um there was this party and these two people were really drunk 
and they were like making it on the balcony on the sixth floor and they fell to their death you saw that i didn't see it but you were around and it was like yo like these are teenagers like because mind you i'm still in the underage block in my accommodation in Bellabies. Mm-hmm. really and truly i should have even been out but like and i remember it was so sad and at that time a lot of things were happening another girl committed suicide um she was living up like just above me like the floor above me like exactly did she, where my did room she commit suicide in her apartment yeah like she committed suicide in the morning when a house um like one of the, we had like a house mistress and a house master and they would like usually like like have interchange like in terms of their shifts so when he was like usually in the mornings they'll come and knock on our door and wake us up um because we're obviously all under 18 and like he knocked on our door she didn't answer so when you don't answer after a while like they will come in so he came into her room and he found her dead like she slit her wrist and for me that was like whoa that was like kind of like a a moment where I was really like there was just like a lot of sober reflections and I was just thinking like and for me like I always understood that suicide like because my mom and dad always instilled in me that like God gave you this life so you don't you don't have the right to take it and just I was like oh my goodness like has this God really gone to hell like you know God and that made me start on like thinking about like my relationship with God and everything and just like life like appreciating life and just thinking about how it's important to have the right people around you and just but the thing about it was that in that time I wasn't strong mentally to deal with that so yeah. for me it just so you just it just adds up to the other it just pummeled like, me into a deeper state of sadness so like I was just like masking these things with like you know hanging out with the wrong people and drinking and like I wasn't an extremist I wasn't doing like hard drugs or anything I was just like smoking cigarettes maybe like then I started smoking weed and stuff like that and just like I would you know go out and party and things like that just superficial things it was more just like a superficial like vain life that I was living mm. just to kind of take my mind away from things but I did have moments where like now that you now that you've asked me that question, I did have moments where I really just wanted things to change mm. because I was numb. And at yeah. the time, like I just wanted like I knew I wasn't happy. Like I didn't I wouldn't know what happiness felt like if he slapped me in the face. <laughs> like at the yeah. like I knew how to have a good time, but I didn't know what true joy felt like. I had never experienced true joy. Mm. I'd never experienced peace actually. Like I'd felt safe when I was with my parents only momentarily though but yeah. i've never experienced true peace before then. and that's the beautiful thing about having people in your life that are on fire for god or even a st- meeting a stranger encountering a stranger that is able to share like a part a piece of their life with you because you then begin to see possibilities and i remember there was a time where this was a time when there was a lot of things happening in my family and I remember like I was just to the point where I didn't know what to do um I really didn't know what to do and I remember like I was um sitting down and just like on my bed and I was on my um, laptop and I was just typing like 
like how do you deal with like sadness and things like that I was just seeing like a lot of like random things on the internet and I was just like super super overwhelmed because I feel like nothing was just like it like all these like vain (laughs) self-help books is just like rubbish like they don't actually help you um and I remember like I actually spent time to pray that night wow and I was crying and I was like god if you're there like if you can hear me like help me like and I remember I kept on saying like I'm in the dark like I'm like I'm like I'm in complete and it was funny because I was lying down in a bed in a dark room I think I'm just yeah, like, like duh <laughs> 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 I was like so like I didn't know and the funny thing was that at the time God was like my last resort I was like oh hey God if you can hear me like I don't know what to do like I was just like I feel so much darkness I'm in so much darkness I'm in the dark I don't know what to do and I you know you know know, it's amazing how the scriptures say that and you you know not knowing that there were scriptures about the fact that if you weren't in God you were in the darkness like literally saying it with your mouth like Lord I mean like that is the miracle right there this this is why we're celebrating this that someone this is the God of this world has blinded their eyes that people are in darkness and they don't know yeah, and one day you're at your wit's end and you're saying well you know what i need that i need your help out of this like no like seriously i was at that time i really thank the holy ghost because when i look back at things i just know that god has always been with me and he's like really and truly god is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking he's and he's knocking and i was like god like and i remember i just kept on saying show me your light show me your light like just show me your light like because at the at that point, I was like, I always knew that there was God, but just the different situations that were happening, I started to question the the realness of God. And I was like, would I ever get to encounter God? Would I ever get to have this thing if there was really, like, is God really out there? And I kept on saying, show me your light, show me your light. And I remember um, that was a time when... Don't tell me the light came on in the room. No. <laughs> the, like, my mom was in town at the time. Mm-hmm. And... So yeah, that was when we were in North London and she was, yeah, I think my sister as well, like they came to visit. So we were just like all in the house. I think she was there for like a couple of weeks. And one of um, a, like a pastors that I used to pastor a church in Port Alcott, but he moved to London with his family. He came to visit my mom and us, obviously. And the whole time I was upstairs, because at that time I was kind of like in my grunge face like don't talk to me like I'm just gonna do my own thing you know like I'm a big girl you know vibes you know <laughs> um so like I was just upstairs the whole time I didn't really come down to greet him like or anything like that I was just chilling and then my mom calls me and she's like come downstairs pastor I think his name is pastor Moses she's like come downstairs pastor Moses is about to leave you know and he wants to pray with all of us so I was like okay come so I come downstairs I, I don't think my dad was around I think because he was in Nigeria working so it's just my mom um Sudine my sister and pastor Moses his wife and his daughter and we're praying and you know close one eye open one eye you know that when is this going to be over like when is this going to be over like can we wrap this up so I can go back and continue my sadness and I remember he was praying and then he started speaking to me and I was like whoa and he was praying and he was just saying like it was just about <laughs> so he was praying and I vividly remember like um 
he was saying that there's no there's no, like he was like there's no need to worry anymore he was like i'm the light that you've been searching for like whoa he was like, yo when he started addressing that i was like hey my hands are up in the air I said, <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wait one more like i remember when he he was like he was like and he was like no this is and because he was praying he was praying just praying generally praying for my mom and then he started to speak he was like oh he was like dubo he was like he's like don't be afraid anymore he's like there's no need to worry anymore he said i'm the light i'm the light that you've been searching for i'm that light he said come to me yo i got chills all over my body i started crying like that was my first encounter like at that time god heard you then like i felt the presence of the holy spirit i'd never felt the presence of the holy spirit before that day or mm. i don't remember i do not recall god heard you god heard me and for me, that was something so special because I was like, wait, when I was in that room, in that same house, upstairs crying, nobody heard me. Like, nobody mm. heard me. No one didn't hear me. My dad wasn't there. My brother didn't hear me. No one heard me. Like, it was just me cry- quietly crying in that bedroom. Yeah, God heard me. Like, he was like, I'm that light. Like, my, the exact words, I was like, show me your light. He's like, this is the light. I'm that light. Come to me. Like, you don't need to be in the dark anymore. And I was shaking. I was crying. I was like, what is going on? Like, I'd never received a word of knowledge before then. That, except that one time when one pastor told me I'll become a pastor, marry a pastor. And I said, go for me. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's about to happen. It's about I, was to- like, <laughs> I was like, how old was I? I was like seven. I was like, please, no. Oh, man. He was, was right. <laughs> like, but I'd never received a word concerning my life ever. And for me, that was special. I think at that time, I was like maybe 17 at that time. And that was for me the first time I encountered God. And then like fast forward, like, so that happened. So you expect, I'm like, oh, okay, Sister Dib is not reading her Rhapsody, you know, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that wasn't the case. But there was a seed that was sown. Yeah, um, yeah. A massive, a fat, fat seed. Yeah. And I know that my mom has been praying for me for years. Her prayers have not been in vain. My dad has been praying for me for years, you know. And when... I was 18 in 2014. I remember um, my auntie for the hundredth time invited me to come to church. With and her. you finally decided. <laughs> I finally decided to go. Um, I finally decided to go to Hillsong, and that was partly because my dad. Was so, around. so I just want, I just want to say this: don't stop inviting people to church. Don't stop, like don't. Stop and and you know, Dubo is a lesson because there are people that I've just stopped talking to about God and. We need to continue to talk to them. Yes. Keep sending rhapsodies. Like, on, until they threaten you. Don't stop sending rhapsodies. I've had, <laughs> I've had people block me. It's calm. Like, even though you may think that they're not reading it, one day, one day, God will, you know, the Holy Ghost will convict. Because only the Holy Ghost can convict a man. The Holy Ghost will convict them. And they'll go back to those words that you've sent them. Yeah. And the right words that they need to see at that moment. And they will thank God for your life. Because... Like, honestly, if my aunts stopped inviting me to church, I would have never come. And my dad was around. So, you know, she invited us. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, of course. I'll do what's coming. And I was like, I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> and so I went. And I remember that Hillsong service. It was just so beautiful. The worship. You know how I get with worship. Oh, yeah. worship. I was just crying. I was like, oh, God, what are, what are these emotions I'm feeling inside? And <laughs> they did an altar call. And I don't know when my hand just went up. Like, they were like, if you, the, I think the, the word, the trigger words for me was like, if you strayed away from God, 
Mm. If you've been running away, if you've been running from God, like now is your like your moment to like come back to Him. And me, I knew I was running. Like I was running with my ed- like trying to keep my edges intact. I was running away. Like any like you know any news of Bible or church, they were like, yeah, count me out. <laughs> like if I hear Bible, I'm triggered. Like if I hear, <laughs> I'm triggered. Mm. Like, so for me, that was like, I was just so triggered. And it's just so crazy because that really shows you that the, that the prince of this world, the devil, he really, he's trying it. Like imagine, think about it. Somebody wants to go to a rave. Somebody wants to go out for dinner. Somebody wants to go for a party. Somebody's even willing to try a drug that they know is harmful to them. Yeah. But yet, the moment they hear, do you want to come to church? Like everything. That's, that's how you know it's supernatural. You know what I mean? Everything in them is like literally screaming, run. I remember I invited someone to church, and the moment I said, do you want to come to church with me? She literally grabbed the wall. Like she literally grabbed the wall. Like it was like a bodily response. She was like, and her eyes like were open. And, like she was scared. I was like, demons, yeah. Demons. No, no, Dibble for real, because like your people will go to a party in the cold, in the rain. We'll drive three hours. People will drive three hours. People will finish their last money. People will go to work. If if work should call them Sunday morning at six AM, they're there six thirty. I'm telling you. People will do everything. In fact, you know, there there's a time where, like you know, holes don't get cold. People will stand in, you know, cold to go out. But then when you say, hey, can you come to our afternoon service at 2 p.m.? And we have brunch later. You're like, yeah, no, I think I'm good. I have homework. Yeah. (laughs) Raining, you know. Yeah, it's raining. Yeah, Sundays aren't, you know, I'm spending time with my family. My boyfriend is in town over this weekend. And, you know, we're not trying to shame anybody here, but we're just trying to say that, you know, don't feel like when you don't have time for God that this is normal. It's not. Life is, life is spiritual it's just more than what you can see you know, and I, I hope as you're listening you realize that you don't have to go through all that pain like imagine if you had accepted the first time she invited you you right. didn't have to go through two three four years of pain yeah don't I, have pain don't no matter how much twitter tries to normalize it pain mm-hmm. is not normal there are some of us that have peace there's mm-hmm. some of us that enjoy joy and enjoy glory you don't have to be in pain anyway so kind of fast forward you know because you know we just have a limited time to you know past you know the time and then how did you start like finding your way back what were those little steps um so yeah when when i became born again in that moment and this is where i would say the importance of really fellowshipping with the holy spirit because the whole reason why jesus came um, was so that we can be in fellowship with the Father, so that we can be in oneness with the Father. Okay, and sis, preach. <laughs> you can't really fellowship um, with God if you're not in the Word, if you're not reading the Word. Like, if you're not really being intentional with spending that time, you know, in prayer, um, spending that time to, you know, minister to God, to worship. Um, so I received salvation, but I was still doing pretty much the same things that I was doing so like for me it was like i had experienced that love i said experiencing the presence of god there was no doubt that god was really there and he heard me he loves me and he wanted to there was like um like this new world that was open up to me but you know as a christian you too have to play your part like you have to be intentional when it comes to god so i was 18 
but like I was still hmm, Ricky you know like I was still doing questionable things like and you know that's also why it's important to have the right people you know in your life you know fellowshipping with the right people because like when you when you're fellowshipping with devils and I'm not calling anyone a devil please don't mm-hmm. misinterpret me but like doing things that are inviting demonic you know like influences in your life you're going to keep on experiencing life as a man that is in the world as someone mm-hmm. that is carnal, as someone that doesn't have the holy spirit inside of them um so like for me it was just like those i was still making those mistakes like i didn't have you didn't have a grounding you didn't know what to do next yeah i didn't know what to yeah. do next i didn't have a grounding i didn't have i wasn't like really convicted in my heart to like study the scriptures and really like do what i was meant to do so it was pretty much still you know vibes still baby girl life just you know still going out to eat still going out to party still doing all those things but yeah i'm born again and i would say like fast forward um i kept on experiencing like hard like challenges and the thing about it is that we read the word we have the word of god in our spirit so when these challenges come you're responding with the word of god in your spirit so i was still having challenges come and like they would hit me like a ton of bricks because i didn't have enough of the word of god in my spirit to help me you know and i remember that was around the time that i was diagnosed with you know just different things and like i was going through like health issues as well and for me it just like was becoming a lot it was becoming too no, much. No, no, the, the devil is stupid because i'm just listening to you and i'm thinking all these things just you G gets and Zubo is not even like what she's not even <laughs> she, she's what she's like what 50 pounds like only you <laughs> this, is, this is horrible this no is- it was it was funny because really like if you allow Satan he will really be doing the most in your life he like would, he was just running rampage because he knew his time was short he can't do it now yeah he was he running- can't he can't do it now never again you know you know that you know never again can't even try it like that's the funny thing he's scared like he's so scared and yeah i just remember like there was just one moment where i was like you know what enough is enough um i just i was just tired i was just fed up and i went back to god i was like you know back to my god god and google dialogue i was like hey Mm -hmm. god you know what what's going on like talk to me because like you know that was when i started saying like because obviously i wasn't like completely like alienated from the bible like i knew scriptures and i was like it's like i thought you loved me you know i thought you know you protect your children you know just i was just saying things like that like i didn't i wasn't really quoting scripture but i was just like okay i've heard these sweet things like these mm-hmm. nice sounding things in the bible so i'm like god like why isn't my life mirroring this thing and so i was like okay i'm going to try to make an effort um, with God, I'm going to actually try to put in work. Um, because like when I, when I was, when I gave my life to Christ, when I became born again in Hillsong, I was attending like the, um, kind of like youth fellowship, like young and free, like all those like fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point I stopped going, um, that's funny why I actually stopped going. I started <laughs> dating someone and this is just like, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> drag me out of touch. Praise the Lord. Um, so like for me i was just like okay i want to actually start um so i started that's when i actually started reading my bible and i remember um 
it was just like slowly reading my Bible and getting familiar with the word of God. Now, Faust, like that was around the time when Ricky started sending me the Rhapsody of Realities. I, did I send you the Rhapsody? Yeah. I don't remember. Ricky, you sent me the rap. You send me the rhapsody. I even have proof of me sending the rhapsody, like since tw- like I said, reading the rhapsody in twenty seventeen. What I sent that to you? Yes. I can't believe it. Ricky, you sent me the rhapsody. Like what? You don't remember? I'm I'm in tears because I can't believe it. I can't I can't I can't believe I sent it to you then. Okay, no, Ricky, wait. I'll call you by your government name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Like okay, I'm on our WhatsApp. I'm in twenty. 15 you sent me 16th of january 2017 you sent me the power of your mind whoa by dr chris Chris praise god he literally sent me this book i remember and i sent you a heart and you sent me two hearts back literally like so I I i sent you like a screenshot of like this like prayer that I did um oh yeah and I sent you a screenshot of like your WordPress article here oh yeah and, yeah so really and truly like and I know that okay guys I don't know if Rookie's gonna share this but Rookie used to intercede for me like Rookie had a list of people and she used to intercede so when you see me posting about Rookie and thanking her like because a man who is helpless a man who is doomed for life is one who doesn't have someone praying for them that's true like if you have one person praying for you that's all you need that's all you need so like i'm stressing the importance of intercession because someone like me who was so like lost and you know the funny thing is that when people see me today it's hard to believe because i was one of the most unlikely people to be on fire for god like like literally if you knew me before i was like (laughs) nah like i would be the like like who's if you thought of the people in our school who would be yeah. on fire, you say Nikita, you say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> nah, not even me. Not even me. Not even Ricky. Not even Maryland. <laughs> Definitely not Maryland. <laughs> wow. Like we, were, we are the most unlikely bunch. We are the see, most unlikely bunch. That's the beauty of God's glory being expressed in people like us because it really shows you that it doesn't matter how you started. It really doesn't matter what matters is how you finish. Like, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Like, we really have, you know, such a beautiful thing, like, which is the life that we have in Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we must preach it with so much boldness. Because really and truly, like, my life is just a testimony of God's love. And it was God's love expressed through people in my world. My parents prayed. I'm telling you, if my parents didn't pray for me, I don't be where you, yeah. I wouldn't be where I was. And then Rookie now came and was interceding for me from the place of understanding, from that desire, you know, to see her friend saved. Because Rookie would FaceTime me, like she would, she knew the things I was going through. Like I wasn't even sharing everything, but you could sense in your spirit that I was going through really hard situations and I was mm-hmm. in a relationship or like in friendships that were really toxic for me like this is like evidence like and i remember at, at first i wasn't really reading the rhapsody but then i started to read the rhapsody you know look this is look you see 9th of april 2017 send me the rhapsody i sent and you the I, rhapsody for the month wow and i used to send it you know i even message you 29th of april saying um i said ricky i said ricky when are you ready i'm 
when you are ready and ready for the next rhapsody of realities before this one finishes wow glory to god (laughs) and you said sure thing and then you sent me the may 2017 rhapsody 2017 and i was like thanks love and then you sent me the heart oh thank you jesus i'm inspired by myself (laughs) (laughs) wow thank you jesus thank you jesus wow thank you you never stopped you would send me those articles like your rookies walk yeah, I used to write those things. I used to write those things. Remember, you took a break and you came back 2020 strong, you know, sending me the rap CDs. I used to ignore them, but there was a time where I needed them and I would read them. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I started reading the rap CDs for myself. Then I started sending the rap CDs to people. And then I became, you know, a custodian and a partner <laughs> of the gospel. My personal agenda, like, call me Mrs. Mm. Rhapsody because this rhapsody i'm taking it to the ends of the earth and you see with intercession and with constantly showing love and being consistent you know you would ensure that the people in your world will be impacted that's why i'm confident i said this to someone the other day i said i said to them because they asked me oh how is um how your siblings and everything like are they as on fire for god as you are and i said not yet and i said but there's no one in my world that constantly speaks to me and is constantly in fellowship with me that will not end up being on fire for God. It's impossible. It's impossible. Because I know too much now. I understand the importance of intercession because my life is a testimony of people praying for me. My life is a testimony of people that never gave up on me because firstly, God never gave up on me. So he placed people in my life and never gave up on me. And really and truly, the Bible says that God is a pleasure. And God was working in you mightily with him. We're both to will and to do of, of his good pleasure because you don't even remember that you were sending me the rhapsody. That's, I, that that's how I know that it wasn't me. I'm, I, I'm shook. And I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away because I'm thinking, Lord, what am I even doing now that I don't know that I'm doing now? And what yeah. am I doing? What was I doing then that I stopped yeah, doing now? Wow. wow. So just continue to allow yourself. If you're listening to this and you're, you know, a Christian and there are these people in your life that they're not responsive. Don't give up hope. You might just be the only person praying for them. You might just be the only person who is expressing the Father. You might just be the one person in the whole world. You might just be the only person praying. It doesn't matter if you pray for them once in 2020. That's fine. God isn't condemning you. There's no condemnation in Christ. But as long as you did. Just keep going. Just that one. You can have one powerful 15-minute session of prayer, but that has altered the course of that person's destiny, has propelled them from their natural destiny into their divine destiny. So keep praying. Every time the Holy Ghost brings that person to your remembrance, even if it's one minute of prayer, make it it heartfelt. Put everything you have, everything that you are in that prayer. You know, speak words over their lives because... Really and truly, Ruka, where from 2017, my life was going upwards and forwards. Like, the guy, the guy that I was dating, yeah, like, I ended up ending things with him. Not because I didn't love, like, him or, you know, obviously because the father's love was already at work in me because I was taking in the word of God. So that agape was being expressed and everything. And, you know, even the people in my life, the friends in my life that, the relationships were toxic. I just knew that these were bad relationships. I never stopped loving them. You never really stop loving people because that's the expression yeah. of the Father's love in you. But oh, the Holy Ghost was so convicting me. The Word of God was changing me. Like the rhapsody of realities, nobody can read it and remain the same. You like, can't read it consistently. I was eating light. Oh, hallelujah. Light was, hallelujah. Like, the light was 
coming into my spirit. I was, and the more, the more I was eating that light, the more my light was shining. So I started making decisions that I didn't even know what I was doing. I started like, I started reducing, like, I remember <laughs> I was still smoking weed and I was like, oh, I'm not really going to, like, I stopped going clubbing. I was like, that's not really my scene. You know, I'm more of like a stay home and chill kind of person. Hallelujah. God was <laughs> changing you, but you were not. <laughs> it was like my lifestyle changing. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just like a homebody now. I'm just going to chill. Yeah, I'm just going to chill and smoke weed. Yeah, and... Smoke weed, you know, just like watch Netflix, you know, then like just different small things were changing. I remember I was reading the scriptures and I was reading about the Holy Spirit and I said design like a greater fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I remember I said design the gift of tongues because I was reading, you know, the book of Corinthians and I was like, wow. And I, I discovered that, you know, every Christian should speak in tongues. And I really wanted that. And I remember like that time when um, Pastor Enne had asked if he wanted to receive it and I had declined. I was like, Lord, I'm sorry for declining. Like I really would want this gift. And I remember like, even when I was in uni, I started like, going to this um, fellowship called Unite that um, my friend Francis was the president of. I would have like Bible study every Tuesday. And I used to love to share like the small, small that I knew then. I used to love to like, you know, because I'm a very chatty person. And so like that. As we can tell. (laughs) You know, so. Oh, glory. Like that relationship with God was really, was really growing. And the beautiful thing is that, you know how I said, like I was going through depression and I was going. Started to lift. Like, guys, like, I used to have, okay, so one of the reasons why I was smoking, um, especially marijuana, was because I used to have, like, panic attacks where literally, like, my, it felt like my heart would seize. Like, I would have such, like, huge panic attacks. Like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And, like, um, I remember when I started chilling with some people from LA, they were like, yeah, just, like, you know, like, just takes, like, some sativa. Like, you know, like, it would just, like, <laughs> like make me mellow. Like, would you just be so chill? And I'm like, oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, just, like, you know, like, just, like, roll up some sativa, maybe some indica if you want to sleep. And so, like, I started, like, and in my mind, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, it's medicinal, you know. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's another lie, too, that people say, oh, it's medicinal. It's not. You can't do without it, but you don't want to admit it. It's not. It's like it has no addictive qualities. It has no addictive properties. But you're like you like you like. I would wake up in the morning and I'll roll. Like I would go to sleep before I sleep. I would roll. Like literally, when I remember, like I'll try to write an essay for for school or like I have an exam and I'd feel so anxious, and I would like smoke until I was numb. Huh. <laughs> literally, I would. Like, I don't literally. smoke dope. I just get high on the go. <laughs> nah, he knows why he sang that song. Cause... I'm telling you because people like it is is a thing. It's really a thing, and it's really like a it's really like a stronghold um that needs to be pulled down. And only you know only the weapons of our warfare can pull those things down. Only the word of God can pull those things down. Um, you know, long story short, it was just a, a thing where you know I I was putting myself in these situations, and these things were just dropping off of me. And that's a beautiful thing about you know, sanctification. That's the beautiful thing about walking with the Holy Ghost because yes, you've received a new life and a new nature, but when you spend time with the word, it's transforming you. Things are dropping, you know. Do you, do you remember the day you, you rolled your last blunt? I do. What, what happened? Tell us about that day. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, funny story, like, uh, the Holy Ghost just convicted me and he basically just said to me that where I'm taking you to, you cannot continue with this mm. habit. And that's the thing about it is there's something that I learned, I think it was from the Rhapsody Club. 
the absence of the day sorry the absence of the word causes the day to remain the same Hmm. the absence i don't know if it was a rhapsody club but i basically learned this that the absence of the word causes the day to remain the same like it doesn't like time let's say it's a new year the fact that they're like it's 2021 nothing has changed time is time is yeah 2020 yeah of 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 days of hours that nothing changed what causes your life to change what causes that day to change is the word of god every morning you wake up and you read the rhapsody of realities the day has the the day has changed there Mm -hmm. is a for that day there is a newness coming into your life so because because the the word of god is the is is is, has creative ability in it yeah yeah. Nothing was made without the word. The Bible says that all things were made by the word and nothing was made, you know, without the word. And so nothing new, even though you're buying new cars and new shoes and new people, nothing new is really happening in your life if the word is not being added to you. You know, something the spirit of God said to me, well, but he said, he said, words are, are vehicles into the future. The only thing that connects, the only thing that can take you from where you are now to the better is words. Words are those vehicles. Oh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow, wow. And so these things, and and so you know, the Holy Spirit just convicted you, and He convicted me. What came? Because I was struggling with quitting. I remember I told my brother several times, like, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna quit, and he'd laugh at me. He'd be like, ha, like, you're not going to, you're going to come to me tomorrow and you're going to roll, you know? And, um, it's just so funny because the word of God came and literally as the Holy Ghost came with the word, there was an impartation. As the Holy Ghost came with the word, there was an impartation of grace. That, that thing that I was struggling with, that seemed so impossible to end it seemed like it was going to be a part of my life wow it seemed like i was dependent on this thing it, it it came and it stopped and let me tell you how it came let me actually share the testimony i was it was um funny story but basically um this at, at this time like i'd come born again i'd received the holy ghost i was speaking in tongues like like that's what i'm saying like there's some people that they're in the house of god don't, you don't be even, discouraged you don't even know they're in the house of god they're going through things you're still addicted to this you're still addicted to that but you're a christian you're born again i have news for you your time you know that time that season has come for change if you're listening to this you know just know right now that there's an impartation of grace for you to walk out of that situation now it doesn't matter if you are addicted to what is it porn if you're like we've all had a different i never was addicted to pornography but it doesn't matter i had an addiction that spirit of addiction was at work in my life when it came to, to marijuana. Do you understand? But the, the word of God came. And I'm telling you right now that the word of God is coming to you. you can't breaking that addiction. Breaking that addiction. All you have to do is just receive it. Say, yes, thank you, Lord. I'm free. Hallelujah. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. You are free. You can walk away from it. You see, and I remember the Holy Ghost was just telling me, he said, where I'm taking I'm taking you to you can't you can't go with this addiction and I remember I really I was reading about giving and the scripture that says that where your treasure where your treasure lies there your your heart lies also it really convicted me because the Holy Ghost asked me a question he said he said what are your treasures and I said to him I said well my treasure is is my money 
you know, my, my possessions. He said, no, what is the greatest treasure? That one that you can never get back. Because money, you can, you, the money you have today is not the same money you have next month. You, yeah. like, money keeps on coming and going. And I said, my time, yeah. attention. And he said, that's it. And he now made me analyze what I was spending my time and attention and my money on. And I looked through, you know, my finances. I looked through what I was spending my time and attention on. And I realized that I loved myself. I love food. Shoes. Material things. And I loved weed. Mm. And I'm like, these are the gods of my life. Mm. And I was so convicted. I was like, yo. And I remember I cried. Like I, like, I cried. Because I'm like, God, I spend time to say how much I love you. You know, I've even cried a few times in worship, you know, crying to God, oh God, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. But my life shows that I, I don't love God. I love mammon. I love, I love myself. I love worldly things, things that will fade away, things that will not, you know, come with me to heaven, things that are just so empty. And from that moment, I decided that I would never use my mouth to declare my love for God without every other aspect of my life screaming my love for God. I wanted my finances to scream my love for God. I wanted the things that I did, my time and my attention to scream my love for God. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be so evident. <clears throat> and with that actually came the grace to stop smoking because I was like, I will never spend my money on marijuana again in my life. I was like, never again in my life will I spend money on this thing. Mm. And that was the last like, time you bought you. I was understanding open and I saw that that was what the devil was using for what, like to channel worship to him. Like the devil is not going to come to you and say, worship me. You're not going to bow down and say, oh, I'm worshiping Satan. But he takes the worship through different things. He takes it through different things. And I just realized that, you know, in that moment, it was just really, it was just a time I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. And mm. there, like, I remember that was like, I remember I threw everything that I had, like I flushed it. I was like, I deleted all the dealers numbers that I had. <laughs> and do you know the funny thing is that when I moved to a different area, like automatically it's like, I just get new dealers. Like it was like, you know, the first time when you're like moving to a new area, like you're mm-hmm. looking the I don't actually, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> don't know but, like, <laughs> but people that are listening, they know. <laughs> you're looking for the nearest test because you're looking for the nearest station. I was looking for the nearest dealer. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you jesus 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 i remember when i told my brother i was like yo like quit. he looked at me and he said i believe you he said i don't know what it is but something is different hallelujah he said, something is different he said every other time you said it you didn't mean it but now I can sense that you mean what you're saying. Hallelujah. And it's like, even till today, he comes and says, like, do you remember that time you told me you're going to quit? Like, you were so right because everything in your life changed. And you see, that's a beautiful thing. There's something me. you're yet to give up that is stopping you from where God is taking you to. Mm. There's something that you're yet to, and, and, and I thank you, Google, for praying because that addiction is broken and so many people are stepping into a next level in their walk with God, the next level in your fellowship, because if you can just give it up, you will taste how now you didn't have to go to bed afraid. You didn't have to feel the weight of the world on you. 
you gave up that thing that was allowing you cope with it was like you know because weed works it helps let's not it, pretend it, it does have medicinal you know properties exactly it helps you're feeling you know really stressed out in life go and smoke it to help you but it's not it, 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 it it's dependent on constant you know it's it, it's not real let me put it that way right mm. It's not real because it takes you further and further away from your life. Look at any dedicated weed smoker. They have very few to show in life. Very, when I mean very few, I mean substantial. I'm talking about money. I'm not talking about, you know, people around. I'm talking about substantially. Very few. Very little. And so there's something that you must give up yeah. in order to gain. In the kingdom, we gain by giving. Yeah. we gain by giving you get more when you give and mm-hmm. so for the first time you're giving up these things and you know when that weight of depression comes now you feel the joy of the holy ghost the peace of god you know god himself literally had to replace that thing mm-hmm. you know so and, and i know that as you're listening to this you're going to be so blessed i'm so blessed by your testimony i'm so blessed by your story i mean in fact your life is like night and day and as we round up just just very quickly, what are, what are some things that you now experience now? I guess if you could do a contrast between now and then, what is the what is the difference? Because now we're not even talking about all the you know life changing things you're doing. In me. I'm just talking about in your day to day life. What are some of those things that have changed about you? Wow, I mean, it's it's so beautiful that you asked that question because um, I just celebrated my birthday recently. And I spent time to thank the Lord. Mm. And that was actually the thing that I was meditating on. Just several birthdays ago, where I was and now where I am. Mm. Like, <laughs> mental issue was where, who, I don't know her. Like, there is such a peace that I have, you know, Jesus Christ said, this, the peace that I give you is not the peace of this world. Like, I've never experienced, like, anxiety or stress, even worry. Like, it's almost impossible for me to worry. Like, and you know how the book of Ezekiel talks about giving, when God gives you a heart of, um, takes your heart of stone, gives you a new spring, gives you a heart of flesh. You see, that's what happens when you become born again. So, I, I'm a genuine person now. I used to be so shady. <laughs> I used to be such a shady lady, like, and to be able to love people, like, to be able to love people with the love of God, to be able to be so genuine in my relationships with people is something that is so beautiful. It's something that I actually truly appreciate, like, loving someone with the heart of God, caring for someone, you know, it doesn't matter if the person is older than me, the person is my age, to actually, like, be God's outstretched hand of love to see something happening to a person and to extend that hand of love to them is something that is so, you know, valuable and precious to me because deep down in my heart, I always wanted to make change. And I knew I was never going to be able to make change without God. I was never able to make impact without God. And, and the ability to even make impact today is, is, is just amazing. Another thing that has changed is I have fellowship with God. Like guys, the monarch of the universe like god himself like that's that's like <laughs> like we talk like daily mm. you know and 
if you've ever experienced fellowship with the Holy Spirit, there is no greater thing. Like, what kind of And now you're in the light. I am the light. light. You're not just in the light. You are the light of the world. I'm the light. And I'm shining like never before. Like, so just to have that relationship, to be so sure of my purpose, to have clarity of vision, to experience the love of God so much that you're now the source of it, you know, to, to be a hub of joy, like literally, like people that know me now, they're always like, Dubo is like, is always cheerful. Like I'm always like just in that state of, of. So, <laughs> so, so gracious. Yes, you're just so gracious. You're so gracious. I remember, I remember when I came to London and, you know, I didn't come in a time that was very convenient. You were working, it was busy, you were tired, but you know, I mean, of course I'm amazing, you know, I'm just, you know, lovely, but I could, I could see how tired you were, but you know, you didn't say, you didn't, you know, try to, you know, just, but you were so gracious and you still are so gracious. And I'm just thankful to God. Like, this is why we do this because you look at people and they post on Instagram, you know, Marilyn, you know, in the, in the episode before this one, Marilyn was sharing about how her Instagram profile was buzzing because she was depressed. Mm. Everyone was, could see, you know, she was looking beautiful and the pictures, because she was, she, she said she didn't cry, but she was sad. Like she didn't know joy and happiness. She couldn't, re- like the pain, it was too much. Mm. And if you're listening to this, and maybe that's not your story, maybe you strayed away, or maybe this is your story. Maybe you're at a point where you really want to serve God, but you've never been consistent. I'm telling you today that the two people you're talking to were never consistent. The two people that you're talking, that you're listening to rather today, we weren't consistent. It's God's favor. He called, we answered. The Bible says, I've called you and I've chosen you to be mine. God has called you and chosen you. And this is your moment. The Bible says that in the day when you hear the message of salvation, don't harden your heart. Mm-hmm. Just give it. Because mm-hmm. you've tried everything else. Did it work? It didn't work. You know, this is one of those moments where you say, oh, you, you've tried it. You said, oh, let me do this and do that and do that and do that. And you come back and there's no peace. Peace. This is the one place. I mean, this is Dubo's story. You can't fake these things. If it yeah. wasn't... Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just, sorry, just really needed to share this. Whoever's listening to this now, I want you to know, like, from the bottom of my heart, that there is no greater joy than to live a life for Jesus Christ. Like, there is no greater joy. Like, the life... Like, I used to go on trips, like... In fact, I've even gone on trips where, like, my friends have sponsored me. I didn't have to pay a dime. Like, what the world may package to you as lifestyle. Like, money was never an issue for me. Friends, quote-unquote, were never an issue for me. Status was never an issue for me. Like, Mm. things that people are seemingly chasing. A name. You know, those things, like, your idea of success. Those things were never an issue, issue to me. But yet I was numb. My life was empty. There was no value. There was no meaning. Like I was still trying to clutch onto anything as a lifeline. I was, my soul was screaming on the inside. But when I came 
into Christ, like when I became born again, when I actually, and not just born again, but when I started fellowshipping with God, when I started living a life for God, because there's one thing I said earlier that I didn't actually mention. I talked about how, you know, I gave up things and I gave up things, but I want to tell you something that I gave. I gave myself completely to God. Like, like I gave myself completely. If you, if you know me now, you know that like, there's nothing I won't do for God. There's absolutely nothing I won't do. My time, my ident like there's absolutely nothing I won't do for God because I gave myself completely to him. And because I did that, there is nothing I won't give. And because I did that now, the life that I live is so beautiful. Like it's full of so much joy. Like serving God is actually fun. Like I'm telling you, like there is no, like I've, I've, done it all like I've gone clubbing I've gone partying like these things that seem cool these things that people may tell you they're fun like I've done it and they were empty that momentary like that momentary happiness you get that thrill you get in that moment you come down and you feel even more empty than you felt before but in Jesus Christ you never come down you're going from glory to glory you just go higher you just go higher like the joy just keeps increasing the grace keeps on increasing you're plugged to an endless source and mm. serving god in your youth is the most exciting exhilarating and the best way to spend your time honestly is the most fulfilling thing you could ever encounter you can ever experience if you ever wanted to know what true success felt like if you ever wanted to know what true for jesus joy felt like and peace come to the come to the to the light come to the light where the real party is because like really and truly like I can testify that I would never go back to that life like see me now like you would never find a moment where like it's like oh she's loving God now and then all of a sudden she's back to the darkness like these things are not even appealing to me anymore they're not even appealing to me anymore and that's what the Lord can do for you Mm-hmm. If you think that you know in the in the in the depths of your heart that you're not enjoying this thing, you're just doing it just because you feel mm-hmm. like there is no hope. There's in emptiness life. in your life. You don't know. You don't even know why you're working today, making money only to spend it, only only to hang out with the same people. Mm-hmm. In Christ, you have the real life. This is literally from death to life. And you know, thank you so much, Dubo, for everything you shared. And I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. You know, the Bible says that there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus. Jesus is the person between you and the Father. Mm. Jesus is the one that is calling you. He's the way. He's the light. He's the truth. Life is more than just what we see now. It's more than just this temporary, you know, 80, 70, 60 years you may have on earth. Mm. Life is so much more. And there's only life in Jesus. I want to give you this opportunity to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. To be transformed from darkness. Because the Bible doesn't even say you are in darkness. It says you are darkness until you come to the light. If you are carrying problems and issues and pain, you're going to drop it here today as you say this prayer with me. It only takes faith. I want you to believe in, in all of your heart, even if it means you listening to me say it and then rewinding to say it back again. But say this prayer, believe it with all of your heart, and you are now, you would now become a child of God. You will start the real living. 
And as you begin, begin to read the Bible, you begin to fellowship with the word. You know, you can even go online and Google Rhapsody of Realities for today. You will find something that will change and inspire you. So say this after me. Oh, Lord God. I believe with all my heart in Jesus Christ. Son of the living God. I believe he died for me. And God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. From this day. And now because of Jesus Christ, I have eternal life. I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins. Thank you, Lord, for making me new. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Welcome to the family. Thank you for taking this bold step. You know, you're in good company. No one ever served God and said this was a waste of time. <laughs> and it's been a couple of years, you know, Duba and I have been in the faith and we'll keep doing it till Christ comes. And if you happen to be listening to this after the rapture, the rapture meaning that a bunch of us have left and the world is in chaos right now and you're just looking for answers <laughs> and you kind of stumbled on this, it's not too late. No. It's not too late. There was a first flight and some of us went but there's a second flight that's coming and you're going to have to be on that flight. You're going to have to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life and you're going to have to invite more people because this is it. As you can tell right now, if you're listening, it's, it's chaos. So if you're listening to this, it's not too late. The Lord told me to make this message, to tell you that it is not too late, that you may have missed the first one and you may be in the same position that Dubo was, or you may be in another position and you just need the light. This is it. Say the prayer that I said, believe with all your heart and welcome to the family of faith. And I can't wait to see you in heaven. <laughs> I'll see you in person. Hey. Love you so much, Dubo. This has been amazing. Um, thank you for sharing, for your honesty, for your love. You know, you inspire me so much. And I thank God. You know, the Holy Spirit said something a while back. He said, he said that, you know, the reason, anyway, I'm not going to share that, but, <laughs> but thank you so much, Dubu. I love you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I trust you were blessed. Thank you for having me, Ricky. You're honestly such an inspiration. And this platform is just, it's such a blessing to me personally. And I know it's going to touch so, so many lives. Hey. <laughs> Bye.